Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. Would you be interested in a free copy of my book, The Pre-Med Playbook, Guide to the Medical School Interview? Then you should text the word pre-order to 44222, and I'll show you how you can enter to win a free copy by June 4th, 2017, and learn how you can pre-order the book if you so choose, and get up to $100 or close to $100 in some giveaways that I'm giving to people that are pre-ordering the book. This is the MCAT Podcast, session number 42. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT, the MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. As I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, if you text the word pre-order to 44222, I'll show you how you can enter to win a copy, one of 50 that I'm giving away, of my new book, The Pre-Med Playbook, Guide to the Medical School Interview, that is being released in paperback on June 6th, 2017. The contest, the giveaway, ends on June 4th, 2017. All right, so this episode is an interesting one. If you've ever had issues memorizing information for the MCAT, specifically science stuff, we're going to dive into that with Brian. All right, Brian, so let's say I've been studying for the MCAT now for three months, and I still can't remember remember all the amino acids. I still can't remember all these mnemonics that I find online. What are your secrets to help me finally remember science? You know, that's a good question. I think there's a a real big irony there that we spend so much time studying psychology, including memory, and and often forget to apply it to ourselves, right? We have to we have to know how memory works for the MCAT, but we've also got to remember that that's how we remember our own stuff. Um, and and the the big mistake that comes, Ryan, you mentioned, you know, I, I get these mnemonics online or whatever, is that that students make the mistake of trying to remember their MCAT science the way they would study for you know their midterm for their immunology class which is just kind of brute force repetition or somebody in the class gave them a mnemonic. And so they, they just cram all that into their head, spew it back out the next day and promptly forget all of it. And that's not going to fly for the MCAT, right? You have to remember all of it all at once on test day. And so how you do that is, you know, use the, the basic principles of, of good memorization, um, for the MCAT itself. And so I, I had four things that I wanted to kind of walk us through. Really simple points, but but incredibly important, right? So number one is engage with the material using different modalities or approaches. Um, a lot of people tend to get really hung up on the visual. You know, they like diagrams, they like tables, they like flashcards. MCAT books are certainly filled with images. So everybody gets completely hung up on the visual. And 
you know, not all of us are visual learners. So try to come up with something auditory, you know, mnemonics that, that rhyme or have a rhythm to them. Um, try to engage with it kinesthetically, you know, imagine the, the, lever arm in your hand and the, and you're kind of torquing it by twisting your arm or remembering the right hand rule or things like that. Um, if you can engage the, the, the kinesthetic, engage the auditory in addition to the visual, um, you're much more likely to remember things. I have a story for that. Sure. When, when I was in med school, my wife, a, a student with me, Allison, she would write song lyrics to learn things. Mm-hmm. And and she would sing them, and and that's how she would study it for for more in depth things. For the little stuff, she she wouldn't do that. But for the more in depth things, she would write a song and sing it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, that's a classic auditory learner way to approach things. I mean, I still to this day, the only reason I could name every nation in the world and every state and its capital is because of the the cartoon show Animaniacs when I was a little kid had a song for here. Here's every state and capital, and here's all the nations of the world, and that was a great little auditory system for remembering those things. Yeah. And just to dumb it down, and not dumb it down, but to to give you a basic example. We sing our ABCs. There you go. Exactly. Yep. Um, okay, so engaging different modalities, auditory, visual, kinesthetic. Next, number two, don't try to memorize isolated facts. Put those facts in context. Make connections between the facts. The human brain is terrible at remembering a random isolated fact. Like, Ryan, quick, what's the capital of North Dakota? Bismarck. Oh, very good. Okay, so you knew that randomized. <laughs> right. See, so for most people, they'd have no idea, right? That that they were in fifth grade and their teacher made them memorize all the state capitals, and then they promptly forgot because those facts had no context, no meaning for them. Whereas, if you have connections, suddenly you're better at remembering that, and it really gets to the idea that we are phenomenally good as a species, phenomenally good storytellers, and so if you can tell a story about the relevant science you're much more likely to remember it. So an example, and, and then what you do is you repeat it through a process called elaborative rehearsal. You rehearse it over and over again and elaborate each step along the way. The example I often use is electrochemical cells because everyone hates electrochemistry. It's just like a universal law of MCAT students. Nobody likes galvanic and electrolytic cells, right? So I say, okay, look, just start, start at one point. Uh, the, the classic mnemonic red cat, reduction takes place at the cathode. So you start with that fact, red cat, reduction takes place at the cathode. Red cat, reduction takes place at the cathode. Then elaborate. Because a reduction reaction has to be paired with an oxidation reaction, then oxidation takes place at the anode. So red cat, reduction takes place at the cathode, reduction and oxidation are paired, so oxidation takes place at the anode. Then add another fact. Okay, reduction is the gain of electrons, so electrons have to be flowing to the cathode. Red cat, reduction takes place at the cathode. Because reduction is paired with oxidation, oxidation takes place at the anode. And because reduction requires electrons, electrons flow to the cathode, and so on and so on and so forth until you've built out a whole little five to ten minute lecture on electrochemistry for yourself. And now it's not just a single isolated fact. It's a little story that you're telling about how a galvanic cell is built, and now you're much more likely to remember it. So I think you're on to something here, and this is going to be the next Broadway hit. <laughs> the Red Cat? Yeah, the Red yeah, Cat. 
You get that guy that did Hamilton and, and <laughs> tell him to do electrochemistry. <laughs> there you go. Yep. And, and really, uh, point number three ties into point number two. So point number two was, you know, make connections, make it a story. Um, and number three is make it personal. Right. We're again, the idea that that we're our brains are built to tell stories. Our brains are also built to store information that has emotional content and relates to people we know. Right. When you, you think about kind of where we devote time and effort and energy, uh, you know, number one is other people. Right. We're very kind of a very tribal animal. And and so if you can connect abstract MCAT science to other people then you're much more likely to remember it. And specifically like mnemonics, right? So instead of just a kind of abstract mnemonic, a oil rig, you know, speaking of reduction and oxidation, if you can make a mnemonic that relates to your best friend or your family member or kind of plays on those personal connections, um, you're much more likely to remember them. When, when you're talking here, make it personal, one thing I didn't hear you say, which I think we've talked about previously, is, is personally creating those flashcards and personally trying to come up with your own mnemonics instead of taking stuff that's already created. Right. Exactly. Right. You're not going to, you're not going to find a mnemonic online that, that plays upon some personal foible of, of your aunt Sarah, right? You have to know like, Oh, she's really needy and grabby. So I'm going to remember <laughs> electronegativity by grabbing electrons like aunt Sarah or whatever. Right. You see, yeah, you absolutely craft it yourself. So that it's based on your own family and your own story. And that, but the, with the flashcard as well, the, the majority of the learning with flashcards is actually creating them. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, and you can go on Anki and get all these pre-made decks and stuff. And certainly there are plenty out there. And that's a convenience if you're like unbelievably strapped for time, but you're really short circuiting the value of making them for sure. OK. All right. Yep. And and then the final one, there were four big points. Right. So number one is engage different modalities. Number two, focus on the connections between the facts. The word because is one of the most important words in memorizing MCAT science. Number three, make it personal. And finally, number four, master the basics rather than kind of halfway on everything. There's this intimidation factor with how much is on the MCAT. You know, that, that stack of MCAT books is enormous, and the list of all the content areas is enormous, and literally just an outline is 125 pages long. The AMC's official science outline is actually 128 pages long. Um, so you can get so intimidated by the sheer volume of stuff you have to know that the temptation is to just quickly cover everything. And frankly, you'd be better off t focusing on the, you know, 20 to 30, maybe at most 40% of real foundational stuff and making sure you have it mastered backwards, forwards, upside down and sideways. than you would be trying to halfway everything. Master of what is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, so that jack of all trades, master of bad MCAT score, right? <laughs> Where, whereas if you were like the, if you've absolutely mastered the basics, you can reason your way through much of the MCAT. <laughs> jack of all trades, not going to get into med school, right? Exactly. All right. Well, that sounds like some some things I need to work on then to to finally learn for the MCAT. All right, so there you have it. Another great episode, hopefully, of the MCAT podcast helping you memorize science facts a very interesting and very needed uh, skill for the mcat so hopefully that was helpful for you i think it was don't forget text the word pre-order to 44222 i'll show you how you can enter to win one of 50 copies of the pre-med playbook 
guide to the medical school interview and also show you how you can pre-order the book and get almost $100 worth of giveaways. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here at the MCAT Podcast.